Hi, everybody, and welcome to a rather personal episode of Coach's Corner. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about a health journey that I'm on right now and also talking to an expert in the field of integrative medicine, Dr. Shaw. We'll get to my talk with him in a moment, but first I just wanted to share with you a little bit about why I'm so passionate right now about gut health. Now, I've always kind of known, well, not always, but since I've been really in the knowing of health and well-being and holistic and alternative medicine, which really kind of happened for me in college where I realized I had an intolerance to gluten. Gut health has been something that I know was important. You know, I, I took probiotics. I knew taking a lot of antibiotics wasn't great. I was eating fermented food and drinking kombucha and doing all the things that I thought was right for my gut. And Intuitively, I also kind of knew I probably had some gut issues. I took a lot of over-the-counter and prescriptive medicine growing up, um, and my digestion never felt like bad or off, and I wasn't really having stomach problems. But I had been told by multiple health practitioners that maybe I wasn't absorbing my nutrients. I was diagnosed with leaky gut about 10 years ago. I thought I fixed that, but I really didn't stick with it, and I kind of just ignored my gut health somewhat because, like I said, I wasn't having major, major problems. Until about, oh, two months ago, where I came off my five-month sprint. You know, I had moved, I was working a lot, and it was a very, very high time of stress for me. And it was good stress, but it was still stress. And when it was finally over and I got back to San Diego and I relaxed a bit, I just started having all kinds of weird symptoms, more anxiety than I normally have, more fear than I normally have, weird physical symptoms like pain in my eyes, weird sensations, my cortisol level was really high, and I I started having a little bit digestion stuff, just again, not like problems, but you know, I could tell something was just off. So I went to a place called Spark Health here in North County, San Diego, and got all my blood work done. My cortisol levels were really high, which aren't surprising. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And like I said, I didn't have bad stress. My life was great, but I was really operating at a high velocity. And what I've kind of known intellectually about stress, but what I'm really getting on a much deeper level is that in terms of health, it's probably the number one thing that impacts our health. I am someone that takes my supplements, eats healthy, works out, but I'm learning more and more that managing my stress and really paying attention to my gut health are key. I think for years, and I share this in the interview with Dr. Shaw, I have let my mind kind of run the show and I have a strong mind and I can move fast and drive fast and walk fast and work fast and get things done. And I think I've lived more in a push pace than a flow. And as a woman, I think that this is something that really messes up our, our gut, our hormones, everything, because I don't think our bodies are meant to push as hard as we do, ladies. And for the men too, but especially us women, we're not meant to push and drive and do as much as we do. And it's tricky because we can, we can multitask, we can do a lot, but I am really taking a look at how that impacts my body and my health. You know, 
And I ask you to ask yourself the same thing is pushing and driving as hard as you do worth a risk to your health and well-being. Now, you may be able to tolerate it for a while. I know so many women. Oh my gosh, I could just rattle off probably 50 names of women I know who have thyroid problems, hormone problems, problems with their period, some kind of IBS, adrenal fatigue. They're tired. <laughs> and it's because we're pushing way, way, way too hard. So, I've been on this health journey, like I said, really investigating all kinds of things. And when I went to Spark Health and got my hormones tested and we looked at everything, my doc there said, you know, we really need to look at your gut. And I said, should I take a SIBO test? And SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And I know about SIBO because a lot of people close to me in my life have dealt with it. So I found out about it through people I know who've been going through it. And she said, yes, I think you should. So I took the SIBO breath test and, and, and don't worry, in my interview with Dr. Shaw coming up, I'm, he's going to explain more what SIBO is and we're going to talk more about it. But I took the breath test and my results came back positive. Not a surprise. Not super, super high, but not surprising. And again, SIBO is tricky because most of the time the symptoms manifest in like IBS symptoms like constipation, diarrhea, painful, bloating, gas, all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't really having those types of symptoms. For me, it manifested in other ways, like my thyroid levels, some different weird pains in my body. Um, it also can produce high levels of anxiety and even depression. Because as you'll learn in my interview with Dr. Shaw, the gut is like our second brain. And there's something called the vagus nerve that runs from the gut to the brain. And so when your gut's off, it really can mess up your brain chemistry. Now, let me just say, I am so not a doctor. <laughs> I am learning about this as I go. I am just sharing my experience of it. So I really encourage you to listen to Dr. Shaw and, and listen to your own intuition. And like I will encourage you in the interview as well, if this is something that's resonating with you, you know, go get it checked out. I am so grateful to be able to have this podcast to share more about health. I think a lot of how we've been educated about health is limited and a lot of us have been given misinformation. So I'm going to have Dr. Shaw on again. I'm going to have my friend Mark Sisson, the founder of Primal Blueprint, come on. I'm going to have some thyroid experts come on and just give you a bunch of information so that you can really take your health into your own hands. One thing that I've had to really look at as a pattern in me, since I've been dealing kind of with health stuff for a long time, is not making my body the enemy. <laughs> really looking at how our body is communicating to us and, and our body is our ally and the natural state of our body is health and well-being. So listen to this interview with Dr. Shaw and upcoming ones that I have from a place of empowerment, not fear, not worry, not concern, not any of those things, but really from a place of empowerment, getting education and, and taking your health into your own hands and knowing that your body is for you. And if you have questions that you want me to ask other experts that are coming on as I'm doing this focus on health, because man, when, when I look at life coaching and helping people get over it and on with it, if there are health things in the way, it can be really hard. You know, when we feel like our body is off in some way, when we have a chronic condition that we just can't seem to get to the root of, 
uh, it can be really, really frustrating. And so you have my compassion and I hope that the information that we provide on this show over the next month or so that I'm focusing on this will really, really serve you. And if you have questions that you want me to ask the experts, hit me up on Instagram or post them on the show notes. I'll get to as many of them as I possibly can. So let me tell you about Dr. Shaw. So I actually met him when I had a keynote speech at his annual event in the Quad Cities in Iowa. And he has a center called the Mandala Integrative Medicine Institute. And I was so happy to find a place like this in the Quad Cities in the middle of Iowa where people don't have as much access to the kind of alternative holistic resources that someone like me who lives in San Diego, California has. And I was so impressed by what he's doing. You know, he's a traditionally trained MD who has transitioned really fully into integrative medicine. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Syed Shah is your integrative medicine expert. His personal journey with integrative medicine started when his son was diagnosed with autism. By using integrative medicine practices, they've been able to overcome many of the challenges his son has faced. Integrative medicine is personalized medicine that deals with the root cause of disease instead of just treating symptoms. That's huge, you guys. Dr. Shaw will search for underlying triggers that are contributing to your health problem through cutting-edge lab testing and create a customized protocol to your specific needs as a unique individual. He seeks to promote wellness and healing by working together with you. So after I found out I had SIBO, I called up Dr. Shaw because we connected at his conference and I said, will you walk me through this? Will you come on the podcast and talk about this with me? So in my conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of my personal journey with SIBO. He's going to define what it is and probably answer a lot of the questions that are running through your head right now. So enjoy my talk with Dr. Shaw. Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Christine, for having me. Thank you so much. So let's just start by answering the question, what the heck is SIBO? Okay, well, SIBO, it's S-I-B-O. So it stands for Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth. Some people also call it BOSI, B-O-S-I, Bacterial Overgrowth of Small Intestine. So there are, there, there are many names for this condition. It, it means that there is more than normal or excessive growth of bacteria in our small intestine, which we don't want. We want uh, a lot of diverse bacteria in our large intestine, but we don't want too much bacteria in our small intestine. Mm. So what are the symptoms of it? Like, how does someone know that they have it? Well, the classical symptoms uh, would be excessive bloating, especially after eating food, uh, so much so that, you know, you feel really uncomfortable, uh, excessive gas, abdominal pain, diarrhea, or constipation. So many of the classical symptoms of SIBO, they resemble um, IBS. IBS, yeah. Yeah. But more and more, I am finding out that SIBO can present in variable w- ways so much that, you know, we, we won't even 
think that this thing has any anything to do with our gut. Like, for example, people with chronic eczema or rashes or chronic migraines, uh, chronic fatigue, uh, chronic joint and muscle pain, uh, chronic um, um, acne, hormonal imbalances. We are finding out that many of these chronic conditions um, can sometimes be because of uh, SIBO. And what's so interesting is I'm kind of an interesting case because as I shared in the intro, I did not have a lot of the symptoms that you're listing. I didn't have IBS really related symptoms. I definitely got bloaty, but I thought, Hey, I eat a lot of vegetables. Like I, that's just <laughs> how it is. Like I get bloaty and you know, I was having a conversation with a bunch of my girlfriends and we were like, yeah, don't you just get bloaty and gassy after you eat? Isn't that just, you know, but it wasn't uncomfortable and it wasn't, it wasn't something that was disrupting my, my lifestyle. And, and I thought my digestion was pretty regular, but what I kept chasing was not being able to balance my thyroid, my thyroid going from hypo to hyper, my hormones not being at the level they needed to be at, um, my adrenals kind of being shot, my my nervous system having a hard time getting into, is sympathetic, the, the one parasympathetic is like the fight or flight nervous system place, right? And, and we want no, to be more sympathetic. sympathetic. Oh, sympathetic. Okay. Well, whatever it was, I was in the, I was in the adrenaline one, not the calm one. And then, sure. and then other weird things like eye pain, like in issues with my sinuses. So when I went into the ND, I asked, you know, they asked about my digestion. They mentioned SIBO and I, the reason I got tested for it is because I knew a lot of people who had it. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of like in my awareness. So is this common that, or, or I don't even know if it's common, but is it typical that a lot of sort of these almost pervasive things that a lot of us have been dealing with for years, like I've been dealing with my thyroid and hormone issues for decades and haven't been able to mm-hmm. get at the root of it. Can SIBO sure. be at the root of those kinds of things? My simple answer would be yes. Yeah. And uh, there's an explanation for this. So if you have SIBO, which is the excessive growth of bacteria in our stomach, even even esophagus, stomach, and small intestine, we have to realize that most of our, you know, whatever food that we eat, whatever nutrition that we take, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, minerals, vitamins, they are all processed, digested, and absorbed in our small intestine Mm. and our small intestine is only one the epithelium is only one cell thick the lining is only one cell thick so you can imagine it's only you know how big a cell is so if you have these excessive bacteria living over there they can interfere immensely with absorption of all these nutrients so for example you know, we all know that our hormones, they are made up of fats, cholesterol. So anything which will interfere with the proper digestion and absorption of fats, you know, will will ultimately lead to hormonal imbalance. Mm. So, you know, that's the simple answer that because these bacteria can either, you know, they are too much. So what you eat, they will eat. So instead of that food going inside of you, 
will go inside of these bacteria. Exactly. Second, they most of these bacteria are not the good ones. They're bad ones. So they will replace the good bacteria. They'll push them out. And that also causes problems because many of the nutrients that we uh, eat, they need some conversion by our bacteria. So if those bacteria are gone, we will not have that conversion. And third, that they can form a physical barrier. They can form an additional layer on top of that uh, lining, uh, the epithelial lining of our intestine, so that the food that we eat has to go through that additional layer so that there's a physical barrier that they create. Mm. So, so there are so many ways that these excessive bacteria can affect our health mm. because, you know, because we are what we eat. Yeah. And that's okay. So I have so many questions. We've got to talk about the gut as the second brain or another brain and the vagus nerve. And then I also want to talk about all the things I thought I was doing right like drinking a lot of kombucha, which mm -hmm. wasn't helping me. Um, and, and also like, how the heck did I get SIBO in the first place? You know, one thing that I have thought about was especially kind of in my tween and teenage years, I took a lot of medicine, both prescription mm -hmm. medicine, antidepressants, um, hormones, Accutane and over the counter medicine, et cetera, for my headaches, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so obviously that has to go through the gut and yes. do things like that basically kind of, uh, disrupt our intestinal flora and make it a breeding ground, you know, in addition to sugar and gluten, things that I know aren't really great for my body. So my, when I think about this, I think this has been something I didn't just get yesterday. It's been something that's been probably happening in my gut for a while. I, I'm playing doctor here. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you, up till now, you know, you are exactly 100% right. Whatever you have said, it's it's 100% correct. Mm. The, the different causes for SIBO, you know, the most people, uh, most of the people, let me tell you that I see, I, they don't know what's wrong. Why, why, why did it happen? And I'm also not able to figure out why. But the things that you mentioned, uh, use of antibiotics, use of oral contraceptive oral contraceptive pills, use of uh, proton pump inhibitors like Prilosec and Prevacid, you know, all these uh, uh, proton pump inhibitors, um, excessive uh, use of uh, high fructose corn syrup. Mm, which is in all sodas and so many foods and snack Definitely. bars that people think are healthy. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then there are some people, you know, like, um, diabetics, they are at much higher risk, uh, people with chronic liver diseases, uh, chronic, uh, kidney problems, uh, people who are overall, uh, immunocompromised, meaning that the immune system is, uh, weak from, from any reason, from sickness, from trauma, from stress, they can all, uh, be at risk for developing uh, SIBO. As you mentioned that you use antidepressants hormones, and hormones. Antidepressants, yep. They have also been linked with causing uh, SIBO by causing dysbiosis. Dysbiosis means uh, abnormal gut microbiome, something which shifts the balance and equilibrium of our gut microbiome. Anything which can do that 
will make us at uh, at risk for developing SIBO. Mm. Well, okay. And, and people listening are probably freaking out because everything we said, you know, it pretty much covers everybody, you know, everybody's taking antibiotics, women listening are like, oh my gosh, I've been on the pill since I was 16. And I don't want to, you know, my, my intention in having this conversation with you is to really help people and really to, to educate people. And I'm really seeing this as a huge opportunity to, to heal and rebuild my gut. Because one thing that was kind of so frustrating for me is I thought I was doing everything right. You know, I have a really clean diet. I exercise, I take care of myself. I was spending so much money on supplements, but mm-hmm. nothing was working because my body wasn't absorbing them. Exactly. And so can we heal from this? Can we rebuild the gut even after years of autoimmune stuff or prescription stuff or people who are drinking tons of Diet Coke or, or have a lot of artificial sweeteners or high fr- fructose corn syrup or processed food, like, is it repairable? Yes, yes, uh, it is. You know, you mentioned that this is, this is not a thing, but just happens over days or weeks or even months. You know, it, it takes a long time for this to happen because, you know, just our body is an amazing thing. It, it tries its best to be healthy. It itself tries to keep equilibrium, but over years and years of stress of any kind, it sort of gives up. But once we figure it out that person has SIBO, there are different options available. There are different ways that we can uh, treat and um, help people with SIBO. Mm. Can you talk about the the treatment plans? Well, first of all, actually, let's back up. If someone's curious and is like, man, maybe I have it, what should their steps be in terms of what kind of doctor should they go to? What kind of tests should they ask for? What what are the first steps? Sure. So many of the gastroenterologists, uh, traditional uh, gastroenterologists, they uh, will do a breath test, uh, which will uh, tell us about whether person has SIBO or not, uh, but sometimes these tests are um, not that uh, specific. Like they will say, oh, you, it seems that you might be lactulose intolerant, not really telling the patient that you might have SIBO. Some gastroenterologists might, some, pe- some gastroenterologists might not. Most of the traditional primary care physicians uh, do not know about SIBO. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just that just blows my mind. I mean, I know you're an you're an MD, and we'll talk a little bit about your journey a little later. But it just blows my mind that uh, that the most medical doctors don't know about this. How is that possible? Well, <laughs> I I don't know how to answer this, but I'll I'll just give you my example. I was traditionally trained during my medical school, during my residency. We were just not taught about SIBO. Mm-hmm. SIBO is is something which is um, uh, probably in the uh, very back pages of uh, a gastroenterology book. Uh, and uh, but the good thing is it's slowly being recognized, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, more and more physicians are becoming aware of it. They might not know too much about it, but at least 
they know the word SIBO. Right. It's I think it's just the way we the traditional Western medicine is taught that SIBO uh, was not given its due importance. Um, but it it is a very important cause as you experienced. Um, and the thing is that it's it's treatable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is something that, you know, I think every physician should have in their mind when they see a patient with these, uh, you know, at least with these vague abdominal symptoms and they just label the patient as, oh, you just have IBS. Right. And that's it. Right. Or someone like me who's been trying to figure out my thyroid and hormones forever and no one ever going, hey, like, we really need to see if there's something here because we're going to bookmark the treatment plan. We're going to come back to that. I want to jump really quick to the vagus nerve. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Yes. Um, no, you're, you're right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Again, I'm my pretend doctor mode today. So, <laughs> so that's something that runs from the gut to the brain. Could you explain that a little bit more and why that's important to know about? Uh, well, you know, uh, the vagus nerve is the longest nerve in, in our body and, uh, we need to remember that our brain and the um, nervous system of our gut, the enteric nervous system, they develop from the same tissue during our embryonic when we are, uh, you know, when we're developing in our mother's womb. Wait, the gut uh, so and the brain develop from the same tissue? Same tissue, yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Now this is all making sense. Okay, sorry, yeah. keep going. So, so the vagus nerve is the nerve which connects our brain to our gut. And so the, our brain sends signals to our gut. Our gut sends signals uh, to the brain through through the vagus nerve. And the uh, interesting thing that, you know, I don't know how many people know that, but our, our gut microbiome, the, the bacteria which are in our gut, they actually communicate with our brain by either uh, secreting chemicals which go and stimulate the vagus nerve or they they themselves manufacture uh, certain uh, nutrients or chemicals which uh, go and uh, tell the um, brain what's what's happening so uh, that's the most uh, fascinating thing that our gut bacteria, those small things, are actually um, stimulating or activating our the, our vagus nerve, and that vagus nerve is sending uh, their message, the bacterial message, from the gut to the brain, and uh, then the brain is responding back to the gut, and that in fact even changes the uh, the whole uh, population of the gut bacteria. So like for me, what, what do you think my gut, if you could put, I know it's hard to translate messages from the gut to the brain, but if you could put in words what you think my gut is telling my brain when it, there's SIBO and there's that overgrowth of bacteria, like what's the message that's going to my brain? Well, I think in, in your case, when you mentioned about, about thyroid, uh-huh. The thyroid hormones, they, as I said, you know, we are, we are just what we eat, the nutrients. So if you are taking nutrients or which, you know, which can proteins, fats, 
carbohydrates, minerals, vitamins, you know, these are necessary for making our hormones, for making the enzymes which control our hormones. So if there's anything which interferes with the absorption of these nutrients is going to interfere with the manufacturing of hormones. Mm. Any, any hormone you can think of, they need vitamins, they need minerals, they need uh, you know, things like zinc and selenium and vitamin B, B, vitamin Bs, vitamin A, anything you can think of, we get it through our gut. Mm-hmm. We, All stuff yeah. I was eating and taking, but it just wasn't, it wasn't it was being just, absorbed. <laughs> it was not being absorbed. It, yeah. it was just going out. I think especially probably in your case, probably the fat, the good, even the good fats that you were eating, they were not properly being absorbed. Probably if you ate, say, for example, 100 grams of, of fat, probably 60% was going out. Oh, boy. Man, so I really just kind of pooped out a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, yeah. wow. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the other thing when I've been talking, because I, you know, now that I am in the kind of SIBO club, I've been talking to a lot of other people and – when they cleared up their SIBO, um, a lot of like depression and anxiety symptoms went away. Like, and I have to say, like when I got tested and my levels were high, my anxiety level was super high, like more so like that wasn't normal for me. And there wasn't really anything in my life that was triggering it. And I was like, who am I? So it's, it's amazing how much, you know, what's happening in our gut affects our brain. And I I hope this is giving some people some relief and some answers because I know many people that listen to this show deal with depression, anxiety, hormone imbalance, or, or have been misdiagnosed as IBS. And so I hope this incentivizes them to, or not incentivizes, but inspires them, motivates you all who are listening to really kind of take control of your health. Because that's one thing that I have learned along the way is that Finding the right practitioners like you and like the ND I'm working with that are really educated and, and, and have that blend of the Western and the integrative. I think that's really, really important because if we go totally alternative and don't take advantage of some of the benefits of Western medicine, then, you know, we may prolong symptoms. And if we only go kind of Western traditional, then we're not looking at the whole picture. Because the other thing I've had to look at in treating SIBO is how I respond to stress what my sleep is like, um, not being a grazer, like really having a good three to four hours before my meals, uh, between my meals. But the key thing is I have lived in a very overachieving, high driving state for many, many years. And yes, there's the, you know, medicine I took, but there's also the pressure I've put on myself for decades. Mm -hmm. How much is that a factor? I think it's a huge factor. Stress, when it's not properly addressed, is the root cause of, I think, almost any illness you can name. Yep. Um, Starting from heart disease down to cancer to autoimmune diseases, um, stress it plays a huge, huge role. Now, you know, stress is good also in, in because stress make us uh, gives us motivation 
to achieve something. But the problem arises when this stress uh, becomes a 24-7 thing for us. Right. We are constantly thinking about what I'm going to do next and not really being in the present moment. That's when the stress becomes a huge, huge issue and problem. And, you know, when we have the stress, you mentioned that our sympathetic system, which is the fight or flight system, goes into overdrive and our body starts producing a lot of cortisol yep. and epinephrine, which are the, the uh, uh, neurochemicals and hormones which are produced by our adrenal glands. And to an extent, that's okay because we do need these uh, these hormones in times of, you know, something that we have to do, we have to rush or whatever. But a time comes when adrenals uh, start to tire out. Yep. And that's called adrenal fatigue. And that can result in uh, imbalances in these hormones, which, by the way, have a direct effect on the gut bacteria. Once the gut bacteria sense that the interplay between the gut bacteria and the cortisol or other neurochemicals is is not in balance, that's when dysbiosis can also occur. Yeah. And my cortisol levels were really high, of course. Not a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I really, again, like this was a, you know, my, my coach, her name is Brandy and she always, um, it says the body's giving us messages. You know, the body is not against us. And I think that's one thing when we look at health to not look at, oh, I have this and I'm a victim of it. My body's against me and I have to fight it. You know, I have to fight SIBO. It's like, no, I, I am accepting that it's a message from my body and it's, it's mm-hmm. giving me a, a lot of information about how I need to respond to stress, how I need to eat. Um, just, just a lot of different things. Um, and, and if we can approach health like that, I think that because because the treatment, almost like the treatment of something like SIBO can be stressful if we go into fear and we go into, oh my gosh, am I doing the right thing? Like for me, I decided, and, and I know we don't have much time left and don't worry everybody, Dr. Shaw is going to come back. <laughs> but um, one of the treatment protocols is to take antibiotics for two weeks and then do a very specific diet with supplementation yes. and everything like that. Yes. I am very anti-antibiotics for a variety of reasons. <laughs> and it was really hard for me to wrap my head around taking antibiotics. However, I meditated on it. I, I got them in my hand. I muscle tested myself. I went to practitioners. And, and muscle testing is basically, when, for those of you who are listening, when you ask your body. Um, I prayed about it. I asked for clarity. And, and I got a super clear message from my body and, and other ways that it was it was what my body needed and wanted. So that's, that's, that's even something in the treatment that I've had to like accept Mm -hmm. because, you know, I know that you and I've talked offline that there's two ways, kind of the antibiotics or the kind of natural antibiotics. Um, but do you see that some use of antibiotics is the most effective way to approach it right off the bat? Yes, I agree. And, you know, I, I would like to say one more thing that, you know, you are one of those unique people who are very aware of their their body and, and their emotions. 
and um, and I must applaud you that you know you have this unique ability to listen uh, to your body because it's it needs a lot of practice to do that. Mm-hmm. So you know, thank you, bravo. Thank you. Um, well, I've learned when I don't listen, it just talks <laughs> at me louder. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. it makes me super uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'll listen. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember, you know, when you came over here to Quad Cities and um, you didn't like the food, you <laughs> walked, I don't know, what, three miles just to get the food you like. And I was like, I was blown away. I was like, Wow. This is an amazing woman. You know, she <laughs> walks six miles just to get what you want. And you know, that's an amazing thing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I found a natural grocery grocery store. It was it was one point <laughs> five miles each way, so three miles round yeah, trip. Yeah, three miles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the treatment. Yeah, so so the treatment there there are two ways. One is you can use uh, the uh, prescription traditional antibiotics. And the second is uh, the use of uh, herbal uh, antibiotics. Um, and I don't know whether we have, do you have time to go in detail uh, or... Yeah, if you do, absolutely. Okay. So for the traditional antibiotics, there is either we use antibiotics uh, called rafeximin, either alone or in combination with another antibiotic called neomycin. The good thing with these antibiotics uh, is that uh, they are very poorly absorbed from our gut. So they, they, most of it remains in our, in our gut. It does not get absorbed. So there are fewer uh, side effects mm-hmm. or, or uh, you know, uh, problems or adverse reactions. Uh, they are taken usually around, as you said, two weeks. And uh, during that time, uh, we uh, use a diet uh, called low FODMAP diet. And also, well, yeah, so the herbal antibiotics, uh, I use uh, com- uh, products uh, called candybactin AR and candybactin BR, which are a uh, combination of uh, herbal um, uh, antibiotics, which I use for a month. And they are taken with food. And um, there actually has been a, a very good study done comparing these herbal antibiotics with the traditional antibiotic rafeximin and they were found to be equivalent mm. in, in efficacy. The, the traditional antibiotic arm uh, actually showed a little less efficacy compared to the herbal antibiotics, and they had slightly more adverse effects. Uh, the herbal antibiotics have less adverse effects. The only thing is that they have to be taken three times a day, and it has to be a month rather than you know, half weeks. a month. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different treatment plans and I did, you know, um, and, and you kind of just got to trust what's right for you and find the, the, the right protocol. And, and obviously you're in yes. Quad Cities and I'm here in San Diego. And, and so the place I've been working with, Spark Health, um, I did the two weeks of antibiotics. Now I, they didn't have me on a specific diet. It was like a feed the bugs 
kind of thing. And then mm. now I'm on a very restricted, but still delicious. I'm making it delicious <laughs> diet with a very specific uh, protocol and actually not taking any probiotics because they don't want any bacteria, good or bad during the gut rebuild sure. phase. So it's kind of like there's so many treatment plans. I think that the best advice I would have for people and and I would like to ask you what your advice would be as we wrap up is to really find, you know, interview a different, a lot of don't, don't approach this from fear and urgency and like, Oh my gosh, I got to take the test right now and start the end. And like <laughs> find, find a place, a, a, a doctor an an ND, a nutritionist team, interview lots of people and, and see what feels right to you in terms of the plan. Because this is, you know, I feel like SIBO is something that requires a lot of support. It's, there's a lot of information. I've had to ask, you know, you and the people that I've worked with a lot of questions. Um, and so it's, it's really taking that proactive approach and taking it from a position of empowerment, not from fear. Exactly. And, you know, you just, you know, said it all. Uh, it's awesome and that you know so much. And I agree that with this, because it's, it's like a chronic um, condition um, which has to be treated. So emotional support is of paramount importance. And, you know, that's why in my clinic, I, I have um, a nutritionist who is very well versed in, in, in what type of diet people with SIBO should be on. And then we also have a um, an accident life coach who I always ask the patients and offer them support that if they would like to meet our life coach, uh, because, you know, it's something which is making people anxious and worried. Um, so, yeah, so basic, uh, uh, I think the best approach is, yes, yeah, supplements are, you know, supplements or antibiotics, they are, they should be one part of the treatment, the other part should be nutrition, and the third part should be uh, emotional support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really looking at this month of, of uh, as a deep healing and rebuilding opportunity. So uh, as we kind of wrap up here, can you tell uh, people about the Mandala Clinic? And, and can you're in the Quad Cities, obviously. Can yes. people work remotely with you? Where can they get more information? We are in Quad Cities, uh, which uh, uh, my clinic is in Davenport, which is in Iowa. Uh, and uh, people can get a lot of information from uh, visiting our uh, website at uh, com, Or they can look at look us up on Facebook uh, or Twitter. And yeah, we can, we can talk with the patients uh, remotely. Uh, and give remote consultation. Right. Um, as I said, uh, we uh, do have different plans which the patients uh, can see on our website, or they can call us, and you know my staff can explain, and they can they will do their best to answer all their questions. Uh, none of the pe- uh, people who call are rushed. We spend a, you know as much time as they want to explain things to them. And as I said, in my clinic, it's me, um, uh, Chloe, uh, who's our health coach and nutritionist, and uh, Rumessa, who is our life coach. So, you know, we are trying to uh, develop this 
um, new kind of medicine where we are offering people not just pills, right. but advice on, 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 their, on their lifestyle and on their mind and consciousness and emotions. So and nutrition to, and everything. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if someone can get access to their general doctor and can get the test and, and whatever, but they're having trouble finding like, you know, the, the right people to work with them on the plan and the supplements and nutrition, that could be something they could reach out to your team for, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. Definitely. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. No problem. Awesome. Awesome. Well, oh my gosh, Dr. Shaw, I'm sure that people have lots of questions. So if you do, Dr. Shaw is going to come back. So make sure to post them in the show notes or hit me up on Instagram and let me know what the questions are. I'll put the links, Dr. Shaw, to your website in the show notes as well. So people can, can contact you uh, if they want to work with you or if they have questions. But I, I so appreciate, you know, I appreciate you and I appreciate your mission. I appreciate that you were and are a medical doctor and were trained in that philosophy and, and shifted over into more integrative medicine. And the fact that you're doing it in, in Iowa where there's not a lot of access <laughs> to, I mean, I live in San Diego. Like I can, I can throw a stone and hit a holistic practitioner. So <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, I, I'm blessed to live in this kind of place and we need more people like you throughout the world and throughout our country in places where people have less access to it. So thank you so much for the work. Thank that you're you so doing. much, Christine. I, you know, you are also a model of uh, that you know you do what you preach not many people do that mm. and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to uh, have me on your show oh well thank you so much thank you for being part of my healing journey thank you so much <laughs> <laughs>